0: On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I have discussions. What do we have discussions about? Well, we talk about college football. We talk about touts. I don't. It's something we've never talked about. Um, I think it's something that you know you you all might learn something from. And then we give a bunch of picks um, in college and in the NFL. And we end by teasing you with what we're going to talk about next week. So with that, let's start the process. Bet bet. Bet, bet Bet the process Bet bet Bet, bet. bet the process welcome to the podcast bet the process it's not the typical cookie cutter nonsense if you came just for pics, you're in the wrong place Find its town with the narrative to make a strong case instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking we're looking for the edge of masssey Peabody rankings crunching all the numbers in the simulated system to break down the data analytically driven media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic the welcome to another episode of the bet the process podcast where jeff ma and Rufus peabody Try to have intelligent conversations about sports betting, um, which has proven to be hard, not just for us, but for everyone in the industry. Going into this week, uh, there's been lots of talk about touts. And, you know, I think that um, I got into like sort of a little flame war with Dr. Bob because he tweeted out this whole um, thing about the Patriots against a spread record off a loss. And, you know, I just, I just kind of, I was, I had been drinking a little bit. So when I <laughs> put out a reply that was just hashtag trends, you know, I was just kind of like messing around, but he got a little bit defensive about it. And, you know, like we, I think we fund, both fundamentally believe that Dr. Bob is a good handicapper. We think he has good methods. We think he's smart. I think my main my main problem with him has always been that he doesn't own up to, I think people that are touts don't own up to the, the notion of making money off of selling picks to people and the moral hazards that come in with that. Now, the thing that Dr. Bob has always said before too, is that he's not a tout because he doesn't market, right? And so what is sending a trend tweet out that he says he still wouldn't bet on it, but he wants to send the trend and the numbers out because he finds it interesting to me, the only reason you do that is if you're marketing, right? Or, or So you so sound I smart. I mean, I, I think going – and he's been on podcasts and stuff like that where I, I think getting your name out there in general and, and sounding smart is marketing in a way. I think he's saying he doesn't market like a Vegas Dave does or, or like some of these other tout outfits do. He kind of relies on word of mouth um, from his subscribers. and I think he has a, a, long, uh, a long-term subscriber base from from because he's been doing doing many 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 years i mean he's he's it's it's again like i i feel badly that we picked a fight with dr bob so early on and bet the process (laughs) but but i think it was at the at the core we're not picking a fight with him we're picking a fight with anyone who sells picks and because you know like the right angle sports guys um you know have taken issue um, with this uh, I think his name is Edward or whatever and right? I don't know him. yeah no. Ed. Taken an issue with you when you when you call out all touts equally and I, I think that the challenge is that it's such a nuanced uh, issue that it's really hard to say like okay this guy's a good tout, and if you even think about this in the lens of the most recent um, tout that's out there that that we're trying not to really talk about or mention a name there was this notion that okay, they want to do everything differently, and they have like this mindset that they can do everything differently, and there's like this whole a room full but, of data scientists. Yeah, and it, at the end of the day, like it's like no matter how hard you try to do this, and there's that great Sprager chart uh, online which talks about what's wrong with touts and like why why touts can't actually make you money. And to me, that's a thing. Like there was a there was a guy that um, that I tailed, um, who I won't mention his name, but was a, was a friend of friend of ours. And I tell them for a while just cause I thought it'd be fun. And he lost me so much money telling him. Now I don't blame him cause that's 100% my fault for telling him, you know, but the point is that like this idea that like I, if I, if we gave out picks and we lost people money, which we have done at times, right? Like I, I'm not okay with that and we're not even getting paid to do that. If I got paid to do that, I lost people money. That would be feel really, really ridiculously hard. And so If there's one thing that you get from this podcast, it's hopefully don't pay for picks because when you pay for picks, you add in another factor or cost that is sports betting for you. If you're just doing this for entertainment purposes, then why would you add an expense to this that you don't need to have in the first place if it's not positive EV and most, most, you know 99% of this is not going to be positive v no matter how good the handicapper is. Right. And and calculate the cost if like if you're if you're buying a pick or contemplating buying a pick, calculate the cost per pick so you can sort of see what your break even win percentage has to be. Normally in -110 markets that's 52.38%, but you know if you're if you're paying for picks that can become a lot higher especially some of these more expensive picks. And so realize that you you know, even the best people out there selling picks, well, most of them are not winning, like giving you winning picks, but, um, but even like the right angle sports guys, well, you know, they're, they're not, um, you know, they're still, I mean, they're not releasing that many picks first off, but, but they're still what mid 50%. So. Yeah. I mean, the the point is not to me again, the point is not whether, these people can win or not. And this is what I said from the beginning of this question. It's just the, the more, the, the inherent um, challenges with buying picks and then being able to then actually get down on the picks at the time when there's value and, and all this sort of execution risk and then the adverse selection, like all these things. Yep. That we've talked about. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot, but obviously, so, but if again, you're, like if you're just... only see, right. If, if, if you're, if at half of the picks that you purchase, you're able to get down at the release price. And half of them you aren't. Those half um, that you are probably worse picks because the market there is market resistance to those picks. So, you know, it's it's very very difficult to win buying picks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Uh, The Revelle story. Can we can we actually talk about that trend? You said that the it was that the Patriots were because I actually thought it was interesting. Okay, so We're, maybe was maybe I'm the maybe, asshole. Well, I'm, no, I I'm mean, I asshole. like fine. you know, you know, another trend: just bet on the Patriots every week. That's been a yeah. really, really positive trend for like 20 years. Actually, that us. brings up a really interesting, que- not really interesting, but like we, I got into something with our uh, producer about um, last night. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Yeah, like yeah. He made a point about, and he's like a diehard Boston fan, and he made a point that. Um, you know, he would have been okay uh, if uh, Kawhi had made this three at the end of regulation because it would have made him win his his you know three and a half. Um, I have bet against my teams quite a bit in my life, um, probably more than I would care to. And it's not because I want them to lose; it's because of the numbers. Like I bet, yeah. them, I don't bet when i make a bet it's it's not based on you know and, and that actually i, sh- I just shouldn't say that because there's definitely times when if there's no value in a game and i want to watch it i've bet on my teams for the fun of betting on them also right really so you've done that you've done that before right you've never no. you've never you've you've put bets on for a little for a little sweat for a little value you've told me i that. mean i i put a bet on the nationals in game seven of the world series because i asked what your model had and yeah you gave well, me that and you know, because but I, I want but, but but i'm assuming that your model like that's better than just throwing sure. darts right but you so. didn't, didn't you make a bet on like a soccer game that you went to go see because you wanted to have a little sweat on it oh yeah that was like 20 bucks or something though right well i'm not talking about betting like a unit of what i normally bet i'm just saying like if i'm gonna watch a game with in my team like last night i had a bet on the celtics and we our nba pregame stuff has not has not kicked in yet right but they seven and plus seven and a half. And I sort of think I high pointed the number. So I was happy with that. Anyways, nope, nope. but wait, if you're a fan though, like, so, so that soccer game I went to, I wasn't a fan of either team. I guess it was the U S U S like the C soccer team playing like Portugal. Well, but like team. the Patriots, like, right? Like if, if you ever tell me there's like a teeny bit of value on a Patriots future, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, I mean, okay, I, but, I, you also but, root for the Patriots, though. Whereas I, and, and the Patriots always make people money. Whereas I'm a Redskins and Orioles fan, so you know I kind of try to avoid those. Unfortunately, the analytics often tell you not to bet against the Patriots and actually to bet against them, right? Like we, Why? we that that's the case. Like I had this. Them. Well, no, I had this discussion with Chris List actually on his um on his fantasy SiriusXM fantasy sports radio show on Tuesdays. Um, and he, I basically said that. I made the argument that you're making that the Patriots are always overvalued if you look at the sort of yards per play play success metrics, right? The EPA per play. The per play stuff, um, they seem to always overperform. Um they their final score, you know, their score differentials are better than you expect given those component stats. But the mass Peabody, body, we have this sort of catch-all stat. Um, eliminating fumble luck, we we have it's it's points per yard. So on offense, that's offensive points per um offensive yard gained and defense it's the opposite and so it kind of captures um a lot of things actually it captures sort of red zone efficiency field goal kicking punting um kick returns penalties you know ability to you know performance on in high leverage situations that kind of thing um and you know rather than having we, we've met we, we've attempted to like sort of break it down into different component parts but we actually find it's it's better to keep it simple actually which is a good um rule in general when you're modeling keep things as simple as you as you can um mm-hmm. but that's something that the that's the rule see. in life right keep things yeah. Simple as you can. yeah i think you're happier when things are simple i mean no, i know but also like if you have a very simple model or a simple process or anything like in, in blackjack we had the our card counting system, people always ask like, Oh, what system did you use? And blah, blah, blah. And we used the simplest system there was, we didn't do like a sidetrack of ACE, a side count of ACEs or anything. It was just high, low and it was good enough it was good and enough. It was easier to implement. It's like that. There's, you that executed patent, well. there's that patent quote, you know, general Patton. I know you're a big military guy. So sure. it, it's like a, a, an imperfect plan executed perfectly is better than a perfect plan executed imperfectly. I've never heard that quote, but I like it. But back inviterate. to the but, but back to the Patriots. So Actually, the Patriots that, was that was General Jeff Ma. That's General General Ma. Um, back to the Patriots. So they are they've been really good consistently year after year in this in the scoring efficiency metric. So this year, um, for example, they are um, they are positive one and a half, um, there's Z scores plus 1.54. So that's one and a half standard deviations better than average in offensive scoring efficiency. And they're 2.15, um, standard deviations better than, um, better than average in defensive efficiency, which is the best in the league in defensive. And so they've been consistently good at that. And obviously it's not the most important stat in the Massey Peabody model, but there is some predictive value. And for whatever reason, the Patriots, are good at it year in and year out. And I think so that, that really does fall on coaching. And so that's, that's really interesting, right? Because I think most models or most people would tell you that that is somewhat noise and somewhat random, right? Because you're talking about like somewhat like red zone efficiency too, which, which is something that they've been particularly good at in the past, um, both on offense and on defense. So, right. And like some of the, some of the aspects are probably a little bit more noisy than others. Right. I mean, maybe field goal kicking is a little bit more noisy than, um, Red zone, or like you know, penalties could be pretty noisy, but 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 the whole point is, we rather than we we eliminated fumble luck because you know, basically, what's the expected points lost per you know, if you um fumble, um, because that's something we know that there's no skill in recovering fumble luck or recovering fumbles, but the rest of it we kind of just kept as is, um, and so like interceptions are in there too, right? And that's something, but. Yeah, obviously it's not perfect, but it it is. We found You're it's saying better. Your model's not perfect. I'm saying my model's not perfect. Whoa! But the thing Whoa, is, in the slide. NFL, think about this: you have such a spoiler alert. Your sample sizes are pretty small—16 games per season per team. Um, so it's really hard to get at least using like. I mean, it's it's hard to be able to precisely value value every um, you know all the you know the predictive value of of sort of these different aspects. And, and so we kind of stayed with, um, the simpler version, but yeah. Yes. Okay. So back to this point of, and, and we can cover this really quickly, with not the bad. Patriots being 30 and two against the spread no, coming no, no, off a no, no. loss. You're actually talking about the rooting against your team thing. That's okay. how we got onto this. So let's do that first. And, and so even in the times when I have bet on the Patriots, I uh, sorry bet against the Patriots, I actually still root for the Patriots. I still root to lose that bet. Which is which is funny because like I care more like there's some level of fandom that never will overweigh um, like money right like there's just some something innate in me that makes me care more about it now but wait, to wait me, can I, I can I, I follow up that can I question for the witness sure if the Patriots were two and nine yeah would would that change the calculus for you it's a good question. Um, if they had no, if they let's say they were eliminated from playoff contention, I don't know. I just it's just it's been so long since that was the case, right? See, because this is you know, it's therapy, I've had this calculation. So point. so I mean, I've done I've wrestled with this before, um, and and mostly with the Orioles and the Redskins. And so, like early in the season, I might still be rooting for the Redskins over my money or the Orioles over my money. But I'm just at the I'm, time if when when the Orioles are fifty eight and eighty and out of it. Like I'm at that point, it doesn't really matter to me that like, yeah, that's fair. And, that's fair. and, and but, but I think, but I think, but I think that's different. That's also different, right? Like that's the definition of fandom period, right? That let's just say like, um, uh, your team is, is, uh, one in fifteen fourteen, 14. And if they lose, they're going to get the number one pick, but if they win, they don't like, what do you root for there? Right. Right. Like, I'm a old, Redskins fan Redskins. rooting against the Redskins this year because I want Bruce Allen to be fired. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's nuances and questions, but I would say generally my point to um you know to what got surfaced yesterday on Twitter is that yeah, no, I will literally root against bets sometimes because I care more about my team winning in certain situations. And I almost separate the two one is just the financial transaction that has no emotion tied to it and it's not like my rooting matters right like it's not like i can control the outcome yeah. so i'd rather be happy and root for my team to win and then if i end up losing money that just goes into the fray of all the other different bets that i've made in my life where i lose and i win and i lose and i win and hopefully they end up positive in the long run you know my, my business partner is a carolina panthers fan and he treats it the same way if he has a bet and, and he always roots, even if we have a bet on the Falcons, he hates the Falcons so much, he still roots against the Falcons. Yeah, he roots Doesn't against matter. your bet. But yeah, it, it, yeah. okay. The question, so, the question is wait, wait. Is there a certain amount of money? Like, I know your bet sizes are pretty standard, but would there be a certain dollar amount where you would root for your bet over your team? I think there I is. Don't know there know I, ever, there I don't know if I would ever put myself in that situation. You would never bet enough to put yourself in that situation. Okay. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't like, it. you know, let's say that. Um, a situation like the connor McGregor you know uh mayweather situation came up, and I loved mayweather sorry I loved McGregor so much like he was like the the father of my or my whatever i don't know what it, what it would be that I would love him that much. Would I have bet a significant amount against him? No, I probably wouldn't have. it's just like money money to me is not that important to change um my outlook on on you know what I care about in life. The, the things that are too, that are more important than money. It's when the Orioles made the playoffs, I didn't even run my baseball model because I did not want to know whether I would have, like, I thought I'd probably be betting against them and I just didn't want to be in that situation. When did the, I the wanted The Orioles to, made the, pl- I don't even understand what that means. The Orioles made the playoffs? Uh, <laughs> that like, yeah. Was that um, when you were an infant or? Not twenty twelve or twenty fourteen. You're an infant. Listen to you. You are hey, the the Orioles had a five year stretch where they had the best record in the American League, and that was this decade. I know they were. Good. Yeah, yeah. They were no. They they they, they did it via smoke and mirrors, and you knew it wasn't going to last. But uh, okay, let's go to this uh, Dr. Bob. This the, whole can we can thing. we say the actual trend now? Now we've. I, I liked our tangent though, but so the trend was that thir- the, the Patriots were 30 and two against the spread coming off a loss as I guess it was a dog or a favorite of six or fewer points. Is that right? So I'm reading it here. The Patriots are 45 and eight straight up in their last 53 regular season games following a loss. Wait, wait, why 53? Can we ask that? Like, is that, I mean, how, what year does that take us back to? I wonder how, how many losses, Jeff, what do how many, but Patriots lose how many games per season? Not including any seventeen. Between, anywhere between one like, to five, probably. Let's say on average it's been like three, three. or four. Yeah. So last fifty three games we're talking okay, we're talking probably like the mid two thousand mid to early two thousands. Okay. So probably during close to during like mo- a good portion of the Brady Bell check error. Okay. That's actually an really interesting question. How, ma- how many games back do you have to go to get to 53 games? I'm actually going to look it up right F- now. Sorry, 53 losses. Because yeah. I, I feel like – because with the tr- – I mean, I think with the trend, you need some sort of logic behind it, right? And so the arbitrary endpoints is something that we we uh, have discussed ad nauseum, and, and, and that sort of goes against um, – setting these arbitrary endpoints uh, makes a trend really – more explanatory. You well, didn't predicted. respond to your question. I liked no. my question. Um, but wait, let's, let's of see. Course so, you like question. Of course. That's why I asked it. <laughs> so the Patriots lost, let's see. Eight, 10. I'm doing math here. 22, 26, 29, 31. This doesn't include, we, I mean, week 17, some of these were probably in week 17 because they, when they've clinched stuff, 54 losses takes us back to 2004. Interesting. So I'm guessing some of those were regular season ones. So I mean, I would probably say, yeah. I mean, why not just go all the way back to like Brady's first year as a starter? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Is, is the mean, team different then? So, so, so we. So the logic behind this though is that the Patriots are more focused after a loss, especially in a game that's supposed to be competitive. Is that is that right? Like like Belichick well, be somehow is too, right. Belichick just is not. He he's a Rufus. Just gets on the guys. Rufus, for a second. So there's got to be two components to it, right? One, the component is there is something that happens that isn't um, incorporated by the market, and then the second thing is the market is tending to overreact to a loss. So I do think that happens sometimes with the Patriots, where. They, the market does very much overreact to their first loss. Like they go through this, Oh, you know, like maybe Belichick has lost his most cause they always tend to lose pretty early. Well, early yeah. in the season, the, the, the whole notion is they're just trying stuff out, right? You said they they're experimenting. The so yes, yeah, so exactly. it's them. like somebody, somebody smart you. told me that once. I, I can't remember who. Someone moderately smart. We'll give me, will give me he moderately. Might have, smart. He might've been a general. Uh, he was a general once or at least played a general on TV. Um, anyways, do we, I don't think we need to talk about this more. I mean, I I think that, well, what about, what about my tweet about it? I thought my point here. So, so the other thing is that with the Patriots have been overvalued. You've always said the main issue that you have with trends is that is when is, if it, if it is something significant, you should be able to model it and you should be able to model it from a standpoint of like, um, the, the team, underperforming uh, what you would expect from them from a from a on field um, perspective right uh, you don't and need I- to incorporate the, the the market because markets are very uh, non-stationary they tend towards efficiency blah 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 boom exactly and so i think this is one where you can actually pretty easily look and say okay patriots coming off of a loss what how much have they overperformed their expectation based on my model of yards per play, or you know, play success, or scoring efficiency, or expected points added, or whatever you want? And right. you could even take it, you know, to or, or you could do is make it as simple as score differential. And I'm guessing there is an effect there. The question is, you know, how significant is it? And then it becomes, well, do you think that effect is something that is mostly noise? Like, do you how much do you sort of regress that effect back to zero? You know, so I think that. There is possibly something to this, but I think you have to look at it in a way different way. To go way. out on a limb, there is possibly something. Yeah. Um, it... Okay. Uh, let's move on. Um, oh, we want to talk. Do we want to talk about the Ravel article? And I mean, we have not made fun of Tan recently. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about the Ravel article. Yeah. So the challenge, the challenge with this Ravel. So Ravel wrote an article about this parlay dude. Who hit what? Like a thirteen-team parlay, and he kind of highlighted how amazing it was, um, right? And so yeah. the the well, the he, he the hit a of... few different parlays, I guess, but it was like a thirteen-team parlay of like minus six hundred favorites, and I don't know. But, so, like, what would we? What do you think? So, first of all, <laughs> wait. First of think... all, these were placed at I... William Hill. That should tell you something. The reason that people have problems with this is because. It's highlighting um, a, a type of uh, behavior in sports betting that is probably pretty negative eV in the long run and it's trying to it gets it's highlighting that in a way that like gets people excited to do something that is probably not like a very smart thing to do and uh, Tan has always called it said that it is trying to make better smarter and better and this definitely is not doing that right so at the core you would you would you would take them you know. To heart and say like listen if you guys are really trying to make people better betters please don't highlight a 13 team parlay that was probably minus significantly minus EV. Um, but jeff they're also trying to get clicks and come up with quote newsworthy content so the question so is is this a news not, is this newsworthy that's i guess that's what we're about well, like and and how do you compare this to i think if you a ask newspaper patrick, hold I on wait how ask- do you patrick keen Who's their mm-hmm. CEO? Or you ask Chad Millman, who is their head editor, and you said to them, "Listen, what's your goal, right?" And you you really looked them in the face. I think they do have a part of them that believes that they're trying to make people better betters. Like they're trying to like that's the point of their content. If they create it, better betters, that that's bad for sports books, right? Well, that's why this whole like affiliate model doesn't make any sense, right? Like if you if you actually are trying to make people better betters, then why would a sportsbook pay you? for those customers. They, they wouldn't is the simple, quote is a simple point. But so you must not really be making them better betters. And then an article like this comes out and you're like, Oh yeah, of course, of course the sports book would pay for this because they're telling you to do 13 team parlays because it, it pays off. Yeah. Do you, here, here's a question. Do you have an issue with news stories about lottery winners? The lottery is like, cause I, I feel like there's a parallel here for sure. Does that glorify the lottery? It's fair. Do people it's a fair, I, I think the difference is that I I don't I think the there the the there's a continuum of people and, and how smart they are and what they believe. And I would guess that the continuum of the, the area where the number of people that actually believe they can win in the lottery long term um is much less than the people that really think they can beat sports betting. And the 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 idea of I don't know. I mean, I think it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair point. Like it's if it's a public interest story. Um, but I don't think that those the people that write those stories about the um, lottery would would tell you that their goal is to make people better at playing the lottery. No, the, those are just news stories because people want to—I don't know—or to make they, people make people better, make people better at. A, they're not saying like, "Hey, we're making people better at money management," so we're going to tell them we're going to talk about a teen person that won the lottery. <laughs> That's fair. So it comes right. down to: is the Action Network a sports betting news organization, or, or are they trying to educate people? Yeah, I and mean, right now they're trying so to kind of it do it both. At some like. point, right. maybe at some point we should have Patrick on and and talk to him about this because. They are. They have. Um, they have a, a role now in sports media, and I think that we, you know, they they have tried to do some work to clean up what they're doing. Right? They got rid of some of these people like Blackjack Fletcher and and Jeff Schwartz and things like that. Um, so I think they they have listened to some degree. They still incessantly promote bet percentages, which I think that drive, drives us crazy but then you see something like this Ravel thing and you're just like, come on guys, this is, you're better than this, be better than this, right? Yeah, by the way, uh, I learned a lot from that article though. My favorite quote, the guy said, it really, he said, it really made me think about it. Teams aren't trying to cover, they're trying to win. (laughs) And that's why you should have money lines instead of. yeah, Yeah, exactly good good to know he also said he likes the inconvenience of driving over from new york because otherwise it'd be too easy to place a bet so you know i hopefully this guy puts some some of that money into a place where he can't touch it for a little while yeah um okay let's move on to college football we got some new rankings out we want to start with that or start with the game grades? um i don't even know like let's start start with the rankings I may not even cover game grades because you ended up running them just to make you feel like you did work that was unnecessary. Um, so the rankings obviously are not are not very interesting because there wasn't very much change. Um, but I think what is interesting now, and, and as as this shakes out, we kind of talked about this, right? there there doesn't really seem like a path for anyone now beyond the top seven, right? I mean, so, I guess Penn State. Can, what about Oklahoma? If Penn State beats Ohio State this week. That would be the path, but they're like what 20, almost twenty point underdogs, right? Right. So you have Penn State. You have you have well Oklahoma and Minnesota technically could be one loss, one loss Power Five conference champions. So I don't think you can say for with certainty that they're out of it. Um, okay. I so, think, but so, well, that's the thing about the Oklahoma situation though, because like. I mean the the likelihood now of Alabama or Oregon being a one loss Pac-12 championship is becoming becoming pretty imminent, right? Yes it is. So the question then becomes like how and, and even without Tua, don't we think Alabama's probably going to win their last, last what do they have? Two games left, two games. Yeah, left they play years? I think they play at Auburn. Yeah. So I, still I wonder think what they're going to I still I think they going to be now. And Auburn has Auburn has, what, three losses now, um, but Auburn is a really good team, and, and they've played that like the, their schedule's been insane. They beat Oregon, by the way. Okay, and So, so here's, here's the path. The path is Georgia loses to LSU. Um, the path Alabama for loses, Alabama loses to Auburn, Penn State loses to Ohio State. and then somehow someway, they leapfrog Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma does. Yeah, that's the only way that that they get in, right? So you're saying in, in this situation we have an undefeated LSU in Ohio State and in Clemson, and then it'll be either or either the Pac-12 champ or yeah, Oklahoma. I just, I, saying, I, man, I just don't I just don't understand why Oklahoma is ranked so much lower. They are a I still have them as a better team than Oregon and Utah, um, and and you know if you look at it, I mean they've the Big Twelve is not that weak. I mean they. It, the the thing is, there's just not any top. This is, this is not this is not fodder. This is like we don't know why we've been saying this for a while. When they got voted all the way down, you you have been higher on Oregon than not only the rankings but also the market, right? Right. Sorry, on well, Oklahoma. You I'll, had, I'll say this though, Oklahoma value on Oklahoma the whole time. What we don't know is what the the gap is between Oklahoma at nine and like you know. Alabama, and Oregon at six, and Oregon at six. it could be really yeah. small. And have you, you know, the way the committee does the rankings is it, quite interesting. Um, you know, it's not just one, one man, one vote, right? No, go ahead. Tell me. So, so initially everybody like all, all the committee members, I think it's 12 of them make a list of, you know, the top 25. And from there, you know, you have, you have, uh, they take the top, um, six teams and they pick their, and then each rank those top six teams or they, they rank their top three and then, or the top um, and then the top, those three are set in stone. You have your top three and then you keep, they keep the next three um, as well as, so they would keep the four, five, six and then the seven, eight, nine below that and then do that again for another three spots. But what's interesting is that each time uh, if your school, if people, Different committee members have to be recused if someone if they have a connection to a school. So there's actually two recusals for Oklahoma: Frank Beamer, whose son or cousin or nephew—I don't know—son is is on the staff there, um, and then the Oklahoma athletic director. And so, why is, if why Oklahoma, he, he doesn't seem biased. A, exactly. And so, um, and so, those. So if Oklahoma's there, those guys are recused, which. I don't know. I mean, it's so ridiculous though, if you think about this, right? Right. Why not just have everybody just vote and that'd be it. Why not have, why not actually have an independent committee? There's, there's no way that there's, isn't some bias. If this dude is like, if you're having a meeting and and you've been working together for a while and that person just happens to leave the room, you still are influenced by the fact that you deal with this person on a day-to-day basis. Yeah like there's no there's no way that that's the right way to do this is to have people that could be that inherently biased like the athletic director of Oklahoma and the athletic director of Oregon is there too but think I mean, about this think have I, I would argue that the having the athletic director of Oklahoma on the committee and having him be recused at some point is going to hurt um okay let's let's say you well, well, wait say- wait that that hurts that hurts big 12 in general because in a way like the athletic director for oklahoma is going to be biased towards any big 12 school because they get a, but, their school gets money for if a big 12 team yeah the it's, playoff. it's, it's so inherent, this is such a it's it's such a crock like my look, question is is oklahoma it could have been one of the like based on the way they do this maybe you know they lose their advocate like and that hurts them. Like I, I think that Oklahoma no, would have been I better off. I, I think, I think here, here's I what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Oklahoma would be better off if the athletic director for TCU or some other Big Twelve school was on the committee because they would not have to recuse themselves, and then Oklahoma would not lose their advocate. Sure. I had I had a long discussion with Brett McMurphy about this yes. last week. He, he's the guy that brought this theory Who up did? to me. Brett McMurphy. Yeah. Um, Brett. Nice guy. What's your guy? He's, he's with ESPN. the stadium network. He's no. still doing the same stuff.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, he's a super
0: nice guy. When I was yeah. at ESPN, he, I hung out with him a little bit. Okay, me too. So. I remember, by the way, my, my favorite story of his, he, he was telling me like that. I think it was like Florida Atlantic. He's like, this quarterback is going to be out. And he texted me like right before the game. He's like, I'm about to break this. I was like, okay. Like, how do you know? And did he, he ag- said, you bet against Florida Atlantic? I, no, I didn't. Um, no. Liar. But, but he, uh, Liar. i didn't have it i didn't show any value i was a good Liar. At. I, didn't. I said how do you know and he said his mom texted me i was like this guy is totally an insider yeah that's that's inside info um, no but no no because yeah. so i he yeah. told me and tweeted out simultaneously no i think i think that the reality is that that we've just come to an even bigger reason why this is like a really flawed process. Because not only is the committee, you have no idea what the committee is voting on. Like the people that compose the committee are probably the wrong people. Well, I mean, it's like, oh, so stupid. Why is this so stupid? So there's someone on, there there was a, someone on Twitter, I think the CFE professor or something who had, who said, this is not rocket science. The committee this year has been more, um, has been completely predictable more than any other year based on the criteria they set forth. And he, they released predicted committee rankings. I don't, I mean, I, I think he has a, some Patreon paywall thing, but he went over what his numbers were after the rankings were released last week. And, you know, his average error was like a half. And I was like, how is that possible? And so the stats he was using were strength of schedule, which is the way the, the, way, the way the committee calculated, which is um, opponents winning percentage. And then, Opponent's opponent's winning percentage is based on that um, number of losses, as well as quote um, game control. Which I thought it was. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, how are they actually controlling the game? No, it's actually just score differential. Um, wins against top twenty-five teams, and then wins against teams with five hundred or better records. And he he said that based on those things, he had a thing that predicted basically the the committee perfectly and given all the political considerations and the committee thing worked i was kind of like dubious how you could do that but i went back and i i created those stats added those in and they did add some power it turns out the committee really does um they, they like they do do strength of schedule that way and um or that does have an effect and they do care about when you know wins against top 20 arbitrary top 25 teams but overall it's still I, I showed the same stuff, so either he's doing something, he's like galaxy brain doing something on a whole other level than me, um, or I don't know. Um, I, I asked him about it, and he um, he didn't get back to me, because he had like Penn State ranked, it was something with Penn State versus another school, and, and one team was better in all the areas he mentioned than the other team, but he still had the other team ranked higher, so I was confused about that, but I, I never got clarification, so. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, long tangent. This is a very long tangent. The question uh, is, though, do you think, back to the actual rankings, do you think Alabama actually um, – how does the committee tr- treat the 2 injury? Does that hurt them significantly? Well, so this is like the classic. This is like Kenyon Martin from the back days of NC2A. Like when you um, have one of your key people hit, like hurt, should it – impact where you're ranked or should your rank be based on what you've done up until then not versus what you could do going forward so i I don't think it really matters with with bama because i think if they i think if they win against auburn and georgia loses then i think they're in you think they're still in yes you don't think oregon or utah who are Right behind them will pass them by virtue of being no, because I think champions. that I, I don't think that you could. I don't think that you can, as the committee. Um, if, if Bama wins against Auburn, who we've in Auburn, which we've already established is like a very good team, and you're winning there, I don't. I don't think that's much less impressive than Oregon or Utah beating each other on a neutral. Right, but I think the committee will view it. Is more is less impressive because Auburn will then be a four-loss team. They'll probably end up the rank, end at like number twenty-two or twenty-three in the rankings, and suddenly it won't be as good of a win. Whereas, you know, Utah yeah, will just, still I if Oregon beats it. Utah, Utah will still be like number twelve or I number know. eleven I guess or something I just, like that. I guess I just don't see because Alabama will have then proven at that point that they are still a very good team by beating Auburn in Auburn. If they blow them out, I think that says something. I think it might really depend on how they actually play. And how i how would be look. willing to wager that if they win that game and that if they win that game, they're not gonna get passed by Oregon or Utah, period. So what would you make the chances of Alabama making the playoff then? Right now? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Georgia is gonna be what, what do we think they'll be like? A minus? I'm sorry, a plus? Uh, Two hundred against? against LSU? Yeah. So, can, so probably 33% chance to win ish. We can actually look this up and see. What is using my rankings. rankings? We can look at you, you, you could see. look you could look at a look ahead, but I'm Massey, just going to Massy Peabody. Oh no, college is it, not Massy Peabody, or is it? I think it is. I mean, there's Massey Peabody elements to it. George LSU, neutral field. Hold on. I have to enter the neutral field. What's the number? Played indoors. Um, Yeah, I think you were right on there. I have it 66.75% there. Nailed it. Okay. This again, I don't need your stupid computer. Uh, Okay, so that's a 33% of that happening. Probably odds of Alabama winning are I would say against Auburn say, what's up against Auburn yeah let's let's put them like at 55 percent. that seemed about right maybe Ooh, a little bit higher 60 much higher much higher so with, with Tua I'd have them as a not? 10 point favorite with Tua well but so without two Tua points. so maybe seven point favorite six and a half. seven point favorite so that's closer to what that's closer to three to one um closer to yeah a little over two to one I would Okay, so let's say let's say Plus it's thirty three percent and sixty six percent. Oh shit, we're doing math on here on TV on radio. Um, if you want to be simple, why don't you just call them each two thirds? Right, so it's thirty three but sixty six because it's it, one is one is the. Okay, so we the odds of both of these happening, we have to multiply both of them together, right? Times 0.66 equals so around twenty per twenty one percent. And then there's probably some chance that, um, you know, I guess there's some chance that one of these top teams loses and there's a chance that they get leapfrogged from Oregon by Oregon and Alabama. Let's just call that a wash. So around twenty one, twenty two 22% is what I would say. Okay. So what I would make it, I, I, I did it without adjusting Alabama's rating for Tua, um, which obviously I need to adjust it for their win probabilities and all that going forward. But, but with that, I, with, with, with Tua, they would be 39% right now. Okay. Without two, without two, I, I don't know because I didn't, I mean, I can change their rating, but it's honestly not going to make a huge difference because they only have one game left. So I think your number, I think your number is too, I think your number is too high. I think yeah. so too. Even with even if you like did whatever adjustment you did it's pro- it's probably still going to end up being I think my number is probably pretty close to the right number, right? Yeah. it's not a, it's not a super complicated. We just we just did it based on what the market. But is. but you you are saying that Alabama's in in that scenario, and I'm saying I don't know. My model thinks Alabama's in in that scenario because I still have Utah at eleven percent and Oregon at seven percent. Because well, my point was my point, I guess, was that there are equal like there are scenarios where if Ohio State or Clemson happen to lose, that Alabama increases their chances of getting in also. Yeah, I mean, and you, Clemson losing would be a very interesting one you wash that with them getting leapfrogged by like an Oregon, Utah slash Oklahoma. But a Clemson losing is much less likely. Well, maybe. That's maybe where we differ. Yeah. And does Oklahoma but, but you're, stand you're any you're chance? Actually, but you're actually saying that you think the chances are even less than the number that I came up with. Because Based, on, saying- based on what the committee has done so far, I think, yeah, it, it – I think it, it'll be too hard for. It depends on how much they weight the conference championship, down. we really don't know that. They are yeah. supposed to care about conference titles. I mean, it's now, possible. It's how possible. Much? That, I don't know. It's possible that, like, I think what, what we're saying is that it's possible that Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Utah are really just all in one bunch right now. And even though they show up as four, five, six, or seven, the difference between them could be very small. And the thing is, we don't know that. So that's what we really don't. Yeah, that's don't. why this whole thing is so effing. Why don't we have like a point thing? Why can't we have their like, you know what I mean? If, yeah, for no, example, like voting for MVP or the AP poll or something, because you have the vote so you can it's see how close it is together. It's harder for, harder for them to move the goalposts if they actually show us what, what the goal, how wide the goalposts. Well, and then after every rating, they, they, you know, they give rationale behind it. Like they said something this week about Penn State being ahead of Minnesota because of common opponent. And it's like, well – Penn State lost to Minnesota, though. So if it was the other way, they would have just said, oh, well, it's the head-to-head. So it's like they create the rankings, and then they um, create some logical reasons around those rankings. Okay, let's move on. Let's do some college picks. Okay. What do you got for us, Rufus? By the way, your college picks are now being tracked, which – they're suspiciously like mine yours from the tony kornheiser show but the tony kornheiser was this morning right i didn't do it this morning because i thought i was going to do it tomorrow and then they told me there's no show tomorrow so i have to send them to them and they're going to tweet them out so oh i had a bet on acorn yes i hadn't even plus looked 30. yet yeah oh i should have plus asked you 31 i should have asked you if you had any action you asked mm-hmm. you always ask me on tuesday i know i never I do on tuesday. yesterday i was actually doing work Weird, I know. Okay, I need to update these lines here, but let's... Uh, why don't you talk about something for a little bit, and then we can go back to it. Okay. Well, well, I, like, don't, I don't want to give out bad lines. I do not want to give out stale lines. Let me, let me ask you some. let me ask you some specifics as you update this, but let me ask you some specifics about games this week that are the interesting games. Like, Ohio State, Penn State is 18. What do you make that line? Ohio State... Um, 17.2. So pretty close to a number. Yeah. It seems really high, doesn't it, given the fact – I mean, but Ohio State's been so good. Ohio State has been just really, just, really good from an analytics perspective, right? Yeah, From any perspective. And just when the analytics uh, mirror uh, – What about um, Notre Dame, B.C.? You get to hear my typing. Um, B.C., has quarterback issues it looks like but i make the line uh 15 and a half before dealing with the before injury mm-hmm. adjustment stuff so you got some line but value but, on but, BC, maybe. but i'm not i do not have a bet on bc because uh, because okay. they're highlighted red oh, quarterback uncertainty there's there's a quarterback thing i have to actually look i have to look and see why they're red in this case but we uh we did not bet them How about i think, one I of think them? they do not have the starting quarterback about one of the biggest games this week, BYU UMass. Oh God. You yeah? How how high will the line go? I make it forty-two. Oh wow, thirty-nine and a half. Some value on BYU. Okay, what also do you got something I will not be betting on. What do you got for our picks? So I didn't even get. Okay, so we're gonna take. Um, we're gonna go with Cincinnati. I figured as much. I should have seen if I could. The, guess. The, we're going to go with the temple fade the temple fade. the temple fade one of these days it'll pay off seriously i feel like i have to keep going back to that well plus i'm not giving away anything that's anybody doesn't already know right that i'm going to be against temple don't like temple yeah um like jewish people it's called synagogue right it's a temple also Oh, is it? I mean, isn't temple can be anything, right? I think those are cinnamons. Those are cinnamons. Can't a temple be like, there's Buddhist temples, Jeff. Uh, That's true. But like back in the day when, when I, when I hung out with the Jewish kids, they said they were going to go to temple. Okay. And they weren't talking about the college. I'm going to take U S or UCLA plus 13 and a half on the road against the university of Southern California. Or bearded friend may be on that game also. Ooh, you might like this one. This is a potential letdown. Well, no, is it a letdown? I don't even know what you call it. Um, Texas plus six and a half at Baylor. Is that? I mean, is that just the sort of oh discouragement because our season is over because we lost? Spot? I mean, I, I don't. I don't handicap any of that stuff. I just think that. I'd I mean that seems like a numbers. really good bet by the way. It really does. Like, like a Texas bet because like if the if you if this line had been made at the beginning of the season what would it be? Texas minus 4 maybe? Yeah, so you're having like a, a line shift of like 10 points based on Baylor really outperforming and doing well and like granted like you know you have been down on Baylor all year slash like last week down I mean, on them just Oklahoma easily won that game last week against Baylor. Oh so. yeah. Complete route easily. Uh, anything else? Yeah. Um, I'll do, I'll do one more. Um, we're going to do Syracuse plus 10 Ooh. against Louisville. Juicy. I like, I that. really like that. Is there something I'm not seeing there? Is Are that why I like stay there? Do you really like that? Why is that? What's that? Is uh, There's I, I don't am I, is there some injury I do I'm not unaware of here. I have no idea. It's possible, but they're not highlighted red. <laughs> your your color coding may be broken. Um okay. Uh, let's move on to NFL. Um, so we talked a lot about the Patriots. Um, you were talking about that Baltimore has now passed the Patriots in your rankings, is that right? They have, by 0.3 points. So. And um, that's, you know, obviously you attribute that to on-field performance. Baltimore has been, you know, last week's victory was a probably pretty, pretty good victory. Um, they dominated in that game uh, after the first maybe quarter or something like that, they really dominated. Um, anything else interesting in, in NFL right now that that popped up to you um, I just ran futures not num- numbers so my guess is well what's interesting right now is okay so I have I'll tell you about my portfolio I have Baltimore and oh let's see what Baltimore was last week because remember last week you actually said that there was some value in Baltimore and futures that's what we determined did I I have some. Uh, yeah, oh, I my had, God. I have the- now, hold on a second. And to win the Super Bowl, Bowl, Baltimore is plus 390. Wow, that's really changed. What were they last week? Like plus eight something maybe. I make them plus 345, and I thought I was really high. Um, so you still see some value. Yeah. I, I. Yes, I do. Teeny bit. Uh, I'm just checking what they were last week. I'm gonna find my portfolio here. Uh, last week, last week on Chris, they were plus five eighty-five. Ooh, I have okay. So that's a big that's a big move. So they came in a, a fair amount. Ooh, my portfolio includes Cincinnati to win the AFC North at thirty-five to one odds. It could happen. Alabama to win the national title. Denver seventy about, to one AFC about West. about my Justin Fields, Fields futures right now. What would happen? What would Joe Burrow have to do to lose the Heisman? I don't know, a five-interception game and a loss to – I mean, it's a lot of bets are probably – I mean, a lot of picks are probably in. Oh, and I have some Saints to win the NFC at plus 346. So do I – okay, I have Ravens to win the AFC at plus 945 from I'm September sorry. 26th. NFC, NFC. Saints to win the NFC. Did I say NFC or AFC? Okay, anything else that's interesting on futures? Let me, let me th- look quickly on – so in the NFC, the NFC is interesting because there are a lot of potential contenders, right? The NFC is so strong and it's so deep. I mean, you have New Orleans as a virtual lock right now, 99%. Um, San Francisco and Seattle are almost guaranteed. They're 91 and 87%. That division's still up for grabs. Green Bay and Minnesota are still duking it out. Um, and but they're 87%, um, 86.6 and 87.4% to make the playoffs there. So so basically it looks like the favorites for the wild card are going to be the loser of the AFC or the NFC West and the NFC North um, with a slight chance of a Philadelphia or a Rams getting in. Rams are 37%. So basically they, they're kind of filling in the gaps um, if, if somehow see it like a Seattle what have Dallas, but, make, Dallas making it right now, right? Dallas is 64.3%. So they're sixty-one point six percent to win the division. So it's pretty clear right now that the NFC East is going to be a one, um, just going to get one playoff team. So one of Dallas or Philly will most likely be left out. Huh. Interesting. Um, Chicago is basically done. They're two point two percent now. Carolina is also done at like two point two percent. So it really is. You have you have three, four, five, six. You have eight yeah, teams you fighting. Make, you, you have make, eight for... teams fighting for six spots right now. What do you make the chefs to win the Super Bowl? Um, not that high, actually. I make them uh, 18 to 1. Yeah, they're plus 835. Yeah. No I'm value never- there, people. That's actually one that if you could bet both sides, you would, there would definitely be value on betting against them per your numbers. I laid like minus 210 on them not to win the AFC earlier in the season. That feels tough. you feel pretty good about that bet right now. I do. I think that they're the, the, going to the have their... to probably beat both Baltimore and New England on the road. Yeah, they're they're not going to get a buy. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm concurring with you. And as they say in the business, um, my bet was before the Mahomes injury, though, which obviously set them back a little bit in terms of their win total, the number of wins. Right. I mean, oh, you're saying that helped you a lot and you didn't actually oh, yeah. like bet with that in mind. Exactly. That he was That he was going to get injured. But the AFC playoff picture, you know, the AFC is very top heavy, but aside from that, it's pretty weak. I mean, you have New England and Baltimore with, New, New England I have is 100%, or 99.975%, Baltimore 99.4%. Houston 78%, Kansas City 91%. But um, then it's sort of like, Oakland, Buffalo, probably at sixty-eight percent, and then it's going to be one of like Pittsburgh, Indy, if they lose the division to Houston. If they lose the that, division, that'll be Houston, that, um, that's and then Oakland a spot, and the AFC is going to be bad. Yeah, it's it's going to be yeah. So if it's Kansas City as the number three seed, they're probably going to have an easy game at least. Yeah, but they still have to play an extra game, and then they're going to have to go on the road twice. Probably. Exactly, and against Baltimore and against New England, as you said. As I said, all right. Um, anything else on the NFL? Anything else interesting? Anything that happened last week that you want to talk about? Uh, nothing on my end. What do you think? Did you have anything uh, you saw that is worth commenting on? I mean, the, we, the whole story last week was that the, the books lost a lot of money. It just, you just alternate between the books winning a lot of money and the books losing a lot of money, and that's, those, that's what we call content in the sports betting industry these days. <laughs> we just go back and forth. Uh, I mean, I thought it was interesting how much trouble San Francisco had with Arizona and it's, st- I'm starting to think that maybe like this whole them trading Garoppolo thing may have been because they just knew he wasn't actually that good. And that way it'd been the high point of value for him to get traded. But he's also coming off an injury, which I don't even remember what it was. It's arm, right? I <laughs> mean, from last, last year. Yeah. He, remember when he got knocked out and he was out for the rest of the year? I mean, maybe he's – Yeah, but I mean, it's like it's, it's – I don't know. I'm just making excuses. excuses. It's, his, it's his his. accurate – so, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I just – we went from a world where we were – you know, Seth Wickersham wrote this article about, like, how this was the fall of the Patriots and about how this trade and all this kind of stuff. And it may just have simply been that Belichick was, like, yeah, this guy's fine. Like maybe, but he's probably not the heir apparent to Brady. I I, I don't know who is and we can get some value from him right now. So why don't we do it? We're not, we're definitely not going to re-sign this guy for a big colossal contract. So I'm going to trade him and I'm going to trade him far away. Um, you know, and and that's what he did. Yeah. Don't doubt Belichick, right? Could have been just as simple as that. Um, well, Let's see. I guess Kansas City. We talked about that. They're interesting just because, like, if if they get back to a hundred, like full, like a full a healthy Tyreek Hill, a healthy Mahomes, they're still Kansas City. They're still they, pretty dangerous. And it seems like they just don't have a defense though. Still, it's that's there, still the issue. It seems better than last year. I feel like it seems better than last year. Maybe it's not. But not maybe it uh, seems. Let's see. Uh, you know, I want to see where they rank in sort of the z scores here for the which are just. I mean, because I have their, their defense as – actually, I have them only a half a point worse than league average. Right. So, but, I mean, that's still – and you're right. And the priors are probably influencing that a good amount. Um, Bad against the run, they're 1.8 standard deviations worse than average against the run. Um, 0.7 standard deviations better than average against the pass. They've been good in, cer- in terms of um, scoring efficiency on defense. Uh, half a standard deviation better. Um, play success, they've been a little below average. Yeah, I'd rather be bad against the run than bad against the pass, though. Yawn. Um, so I All think bad. the most impressive thing from last week was was Baltimore. Baltimore was great, right? They, did they have the number one game grade? You probably didn't run NFL now that I'm asking you. I did run NFL actually. Oh, take that, Jeff. I'll pull it up for you. Would you? What, I, I I will. Baltimore I, number one. First time I ran in a while. Um, one. New Orleans number one. Somehow. What? See, the, the thing is, though, it's – I mean, they had – yeah, they're I mean, they had some turnover luck, too. They were really good at play success. Oh, that's bet, that's bet, the biggest I bet, I bet thing. It, they weren't, weren't even that great in yards, but they were great at play how success. But about Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta's, Atlanta's three. Baltimore's two. So, uh, Baltimore and New Orleans were, like, one and 1A. Um, It's interesting, though, because that it, it weights things based on how, like, predictive one game is of each thing. So, um, it's – I don't know. I feel like it's still – overvalue sort of the turnover stuff and the score, dif- the scoring efficiency gets slightly like, sometimes can have too high weight because we don't, re- because it come it can come from a variety of different things. Right. Okay. Let's anyway. move on to NFL picks. Okay. Um, I will go first. And you went first last week, you go, you fine. You go first this week. I don't want you to steal my picks Okay, because cool. we're not allowed to play the same, have the same picks. Is that right? I don't know. We've I don't we know, they, done they, it they, in the past. Okay, um, I have a lot of games I like this week. Actually, nice. I want to. You make... didn't let me go first, and then you're not even actually making a pick. Fine, I'll let you go first. I'll take the Texans tonight minus three and a half. Texans? Hopefully, we can get this up in time. Okay, I I lean that way. Make it make it five, four point eight. Um, I'm going to take the Redskins. Plus three and a half. Is that mm-hmm. it looks like plus three and a half minus one oh eight at Pinnacle, plus three and a half yes. minus one sixteen minus at Chris, plus three and a half minus one fifteen at William Hill. I'll we'll um, give it to you plus three and a half. That's fine. That's very nice of you. It's it was it was um yeah, the battle of um quarterbacks that haven't been very good. I'm gonna take the Eagles. The Eagles minus one. You think Jeff Driscoll has been that bad? He's been okay. I don't know. I just – my priors on him are bad. <laughs> I'm going to take the Has Eagles. he been okay? Well, he's – from a fantasy perspective, he's been good because he rushes for some yards. And, so it, like, makes things look better. But last week he had a monster week. I didn't even look. So – I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles minus one against Seattle. By the way, did you know that pro football focus graded Haskins is above average in uh, last week, which doesn't make – it yet – ESPN's like QBR had him as like a nine, like out of a, on a zero to hundred scale. So what those things aren't adding up. I, I don't know what to, I, to believe. I, I heard someone else say he played okay. So there we go. There's a data point of an, another another n in our sample size. So so what so if you actually watched, it was like the bad numbers were not his fault. Is what we're I guess what the profile that's focus industry is saying. That's essentially what the this commentator said that he did all right. I don't remember who it was. He had, he had like a sixty yard. 60 air yard completion that got wiped out due to holding penalty. But uh, you know, hey, what? but the holding yeah, on the holding yeah. penalty, the Redskins offensive lineman got very upset about it, which indicates that they have not given up and are still fighting, which is why it's a good pick. Rufi hashtag you know, narrative. Another you know um, Yes, I do. I'm going to go with the LA Rams and at plus three. That's a plus, plus three, three, plus, three 100. plus 100. So that does, that cancels out the other uh, the plus three and a half being a plus three and a half minus Absolutely. 115. Yeah, I like that pick. Yeah. Even though I like the Ravens, you know, overall, mm-hmm. I still like the Rams here and primetime home underdog. You wanna give another one if you have so many picks? Yeah, we can we can give we can give a bonus out. I don't have another one. That doesn't... I'm, um, I'm gonna take Pittsburgh, minus six and a half at Cincinnati. Hmm. You've really turned you've really turned against the Bengals. It's it's more it's the quarterback position really. And honestly, I think it's the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, it's not Andy Dalton. I'm probably too high on him and I'm probably too low on Ryan Finley, although we don't really know that much about Ryan Finley yet. So um, but I think, right. the, I think it's the archetype that you're both for and against. Yeah, it really is the the sort of journeyman guy with a lot of experience and and i've actually realized i'm gonna overhaul some of the quarterback stuff this offseason that doesn't help us this season no it doesn't but i mean okay but i'm still i'm still betting on that thank thanks for joining us guys wait jeff didn't we have a lot more to talk what didn't we want to talk about the value of opening numbers as well as spanky's tweet um no no, we can talk about that next week. We had to, we had to say spanky though. Spanky's tweet is going to, going to go to like the whole tout thing, which we already spent way too much time. It's true. We ju- we just forgot. Or what, what about machine learning? No. And that all goes together. I, I had this, I had, I had this already. We'll have Let's to push this back to next week. Okay. Next so we have, week we'll talk this is him. good. We'll have material for next week. So if you want to hear about machine learning and the value of good opening numbers, tune in next week. And yeah, with that, have a good week sports is pathetic the bottom line it seems like they don't get it running off a